0: Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. That's right, we are Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. Guys, we have a huge show for you today. Facebook and Twitter, that's how you get in touch with us. It's SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag sgn eight five five. the number four, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, that's where you can hear us. And yeah, we have a massive show for you today. What I'm going to do uh, is give you a little bit about the NCAA Tournament, a lot of betting angles, a lot of insight early on. Then I'm going to fill out a bracket. Look, I haven't looked at a bracket yet, okay? I'm going to fill it out live on the air here with you guys. And as I fill out the bracket, I'm going to give you some news, some notes, some numbers, things like that as why you should be moving teams ahead, the same sort of thing that I'm doing. At the end of the show, after all this, I'm going to kind of walk you through some of my best bets that are not exactly just pure brackets and what I'm looking at for the first weekend, who I think will advance. So lots of information in the next hour or so. So let's start off with just some general tournament information here, guys, right? Because the general tournament information is always something that you look at and you go, I'm going to be bombarded with it. And you are. You are going to be absolutely bombarded with tournament information over the next, uh, you know, almost week. And you're going to hear a lot of conversation. Well, this team does this team, and this is what happens here. And, well, you know, if you have a four and a three and a two, it's going to all come crashing down on you. Unless you're, look, unless you're careful and you know how to weed your way through it. We've talked about this on the show for years. I mean, just for years. Where... There is information, and you have to learn to decipher through that information, right? I mean, that's what you have to do. So when you decipher through the information, you kind of pick through it. What is the stuff that you need to pick through, right? What is the stuff that you need to have a look at? You know, we talk about Cinderella's all the time. But we need to understand that there are no real such thing as Cinderella's. Can Cinderella's make it out of this weekend? Sure. Can Cinderella's make it out of next weekend? Sure. Cinderella's are not winning the championship. They're not. Okay? I mean, it's just it. If you have a nine seed or higher winning championship, just just rip up your brackets now. If you even have a six, seven, or an eight seed, I'd say, yeah, you might want to rip up those brackets. I mean, it's not going to happen. You're going to get ones. You're going to get twos. You're going to get threes. You're going to get fours. You might get fives. Even fives, fives even pushing it, you know, and, and that's kind of where we're looking. One, two, three, fours. And, and when you turn around, you're going to go, yeah, most people are going to have that. This is where the brackets can get dangerous. But as far as a betting perspective, there are certain things that we can take advantage. First thing we got to get right out of the way, right away, is the public isn't always wrong. You know, I, I tend to see the narrative, the more informed we are as a sports betting community, the more shows like this that are out there, people start to just go, ah, the public's always wrong. No, that's not true. It's not always true. Look, the public traditionally takes number one seeds to win it all. That's what they do. The public loves number ones. They know the Blue Bloods. That's what they're going to do. But that's for good reason. Over the past 25 tournaments, 26 of the 50 championship participants have been the top seed. Actually, since the mid-90s, a number one seed has won the championship in just under 20% of the time. Number two seeds, under 10%. So the jump up from one to two is huge. So it makes sense that the public wants to go with one seed. Then you have the public saying, you know what, we love the 5-12 matchup. The public loves the 5-12 matchup. Yeah, they do. It's one of the biggest trends. It's the bandwagon trend. We know that from a sports betting community, we're not getting the same value on the 512s that we used to get, but does it doesn't matter, right? In the past decade, five seeds are 21 and 19 to get to the, uh, to, to move on. 21 and 19 straight up. Hey, that, that, I mean, you're talking about basically 50 50 here, right? And all of those 12 seeds are going to be plus money. All of them are going to be plus, 20, uh, plus money. So we're not just filling out brackets, we're talking about against the spread. If you're talking about against the spread, number five seeds have been absolutely crushed. They are 5-24-1 against the spread. And they have not gotten any better recently where 12 seeds are are now 8-4 and against the spread over the last three tournaments. So yeah, take those 12 seeds, guys. 12 seeds are going to do well. Take those 12 seeds. But you're not going to go crazy. Listen, as a sport, in your brackets, you don't want to go crazy moving them on. As a sport's better, if you take all four, you're probably going to make money the one that i jumped on years ago that i really do like and it's look it's not only that me that jumped on this everybody loves the 512 and i get it i love the 413 and here's why at least 1/13 seed has advanced in 15 of the past 20 tournaments how ridiculous that that usually comes with big side money right big big money line odds there in fact actually five times since this tournament expanded to 64 teams back in 85, there have been two 13 seed upsets in the same bracket. So, if you want to blindly take 12s and 13s, can't say I blame you. Right? I mean, I I can't I cannot sit back and tell you that I blame you for just blindly taking 12s and 13s, which makes me look at, you know, the the opening weekend and we start to you know, peruse the opening weekend, and we start to go, okay, so who's the 12s and 13s? Look, I'll give you the lines. Furman's a 13. They are the number one ticket count out there. They're getting the most action. They're a 13 seed. They're getting six points against Virginia. Okay, that will be on Thursday. So that's going to be a popular one. Charleston, a 12 seed. They're getting five points against San Diego State. Yeah, that'll be another very popularly bet one. Oral Roberts. I like Oral Roberts getting six against Duke. Yeah, there, there there, it is. You know, these are all on Thursday, by the way. And then at night, um, you, you know, you start to get that four thirteen where Louisiana is 11 and a half against Tennessee. 11 and a half against Tennessee. Then you go to Friday. Oh, well, let's take a look at Friday, shall we? Because so far, I like Oral Roberts. I don't know if I can take Louisiana. I, I, I don't know. People all over Furman. So let's look. Well, we have a... Uh, VCU getting four and a half against St. Mary's. That's a 12-5 matchup. That all of a sudden becomes an interesting 12-5 matchup. And I I know a lot of people are on VCU. UConn-Iona, 4-13. UConn's a nine-point favorite. That does not seem like one that's going down, but again, it's Patino, right? Drake-Miami, this is only a two-point spread. Drake is only getting two as a 12 seed know people jumping on that. And then Grand Canyon getting 15 against Gonzaga. Yeah. So you have these these big spreads, these big numbers, you know, uh, you you have them out there. How about the 413 Kent State against Indiana? Kent State's only getting four points as well. So I, I look at this and I go, look, it's not something that you just Throw up up against the board and just say, okay, I'm going to take every 13 and every 12. But if you did, you're probably going to be all right. You know, if you went to, uh, I'm doing the show from Atlantic City this weekend. You know, if you went to Atlantic City and you dropped, you know, 100 bucks on all eight, right? All four, 12 seeds, all four, 13 seeds, money line, right? You just took all eight of them. I, I think you're not going to go home broke and you're probably going to be up money. I mean, that, that's the, the strategy here. Um, we had somebody do this, right? We had guys do this. They uncovered years ago, they uncovered first half underdogs. First half, uh, or I'm sorry, first half unders. So NCAA tournament years ago, a guy walked in and said, I want first half under on every, every single game. And it became lore. It became something where people started to look at and said, wow, why? Well, since 2011, the first half under is 180, 149. That's a 55% winning percentage. When the first half total is 65 or higher. That also includes 84 and 67 When in, in, in the under in the round of 64. so right Because you have those first ones. So there, you have those first half unders. And man, wow. You look at that and you go, yeah, that's pretty dynamic. How about NCAA tournament teams who are underdogs will also allow... Fewer than 60 points in their last game. That's a 61% cover rate there. So we do have some of these betting nuggets out there, right? We always talk about, I just already kind of threw it in there, betting against the public. It's not always a a great strategy because the public is sometimes right, especially when filling out your brackets, sure. But betting against the public in general, (laughs) you're doing something right. Just going against the public makes some sense a lot. Betting on teams that are receiving 40% or less of all the the, the tickets coming in, okay? Uh, about 55%. That's about 55%. It's closer to 60% if you break it down over the last five years. So these are all little nuggets that you can use. Bet against the public, okay? If the public is loving one team, but that might go against your 12-5 theory. Might go against your 13-4 theory. Like I just said, Furman's getting the most ticket count. So there you go. You have two contrasting theories. Well, what do you, what do you want to do? Right? What do you want to do in that spot? How about coaching matchups? I, look, I always think... I've always, i I've always been on the, the belief, and I've been doing this a very long time. Point guard play is huge. Sure. I love free throw shooting teams in the tournament. It's just something that, that I, I can't... I can't stand for my own mental sanity to have a team and watch them just cranking <laughs> free throws, bank, 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 when you need a cover or whatnot. Uh, and I like that. And, and coaching coaching is massive, but not all coaching is the same, right? Just because you're a good coach doesn't mean you're a good cover coach. Here are a couple of guys that are awful at covering that are good coaches. Uh, Jamie Dixon is 8 and 14 against the spread. Mark Few is 19-27 against the spread. Rick Barnes, 8-19 against the spread. That's in the tournament. They're not good. Eric Musselman's 5-8 against the spread in the tournament. That's not good, guys. You know, so you start to look at this and you go, yeah, I I get it. You know, I I get that. I can't just go out there and solely bet against this team. I, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to just bet against this team. Well, I'm giving you little nuggets to tell you, well, maybe you should. Maybe you should go out there and take a stab at that, right? Maybe you should go out there and just do the anti-Rick Barnes kind of situation. You, have an opportunity for that, right? I mean I mean, sure. There's also the idea of the, um, the, the amount of, of just money that will be thrown at all of these teams. According to the American Gaming Association, 31 million adults will bet something during the upcoming March Madness uh, tournament. That's 56.3 million Americans are going to be in some kind of bracket as well. 18 million more people are going to bet on March Madness tournament more than they will the Super Bowl. Now, the money will be less, right? Uh, and money's not going to be exactly the, the same. But the the money that pours into this tournament is astronomical. $8.8 billion TV deal for the NCAA, the money that is being thrown around is astronomical. So they're gonna be able to kinda get things right here. And I do take that into consideration, I do. I take things into consideration when I turn around and I say, yeah, all this money, all this ridiculous amount of of just money being heaped upon this tournament. Yeah, I, I think I love, and we all love the Cinderella's early. But I think late, isn't the money going to say, yeah, we want the elite teams? Isn't the money going to do that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think you have to look at it like that. You have to deeper into the tournament. This weekend, sure, we could talk about. But I'm talking about deeper into the tournament. Deeper into the tournament. Start going with the Blue Bloods. Because they're the ones that are going to be there at the end. We know that. We know that. Now I will say this. Almost every year since we've gone to 68 teams... One of these first fours, you know, the 11-12s that we're talking about, uh, the pits of the world, oh, by the way, uh, one of these first fours have actually made it to the Sweet 16. The first fours, the 11-12 matchups, they do really, really well in the tournament. So make sure you have those 11-12s doing well in your tournament because at least one of them have, have moved on almost every year. That That's really interesting, right? I mean, you go. Yeah, you don't need to find all of them. You got to find them, though. Okay, you got to find them. Um, you look at the eight, nine matchups. A lot of them go uh, seven. The seven to ten teams. One of them is going to go. They go again to the sweet sixteen. It's kind of their ceiling, but that's what they do. Right. Generally speaking, overall, two double digit seeds usually make it to the sweet sixteen. I, I, I'm giving you the general feel. So you kind of want to find two double-digit you know, seeds that are, are going to be in yours, in your brackets. And you're also going to go, yeah, double-digit seeds. Who can make the run? Don't expect a St. Peter's run, no. But who can make that run, right? Who can get there to make that kind of ridiculous, oh, here we go, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make some money. There's a lot of teams out there that you start to kind of break down and there are a lot of teams out there that you look at and you go, Yeah, I, I don't know why they're favored by that much. I don't think that they should be favored by that much. And so many times during the regular season, I'll say, All right, just take the points. This is a spot where I say, Yeah, you know what? Jump on the money line as well. Right? Jump on the money line as well. Go go after it. If you're going to if you're gonna do it, go after it. Right? You you start to see. Where are people betting? Why are people going in on it? And don't forget the totals, guys. Totals suddenly become the thing that nobody wants to bet. Why does nobody want to bet totals? Well, you know what? I got my team advancing and, you know, the general public isn't going to bet totals. Why? Well, you know, I got this one team and they're moving on and this team's advancing. No, do not forget about totals. Totals can be a game changer. You could be rooting for one team or, or not care about another team. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Look for the totals because the totals can be massive. And, look, the totals are pretty big this year. 140, half, 132. That's a Virginia game. Uh, 147.5, 144, 154.5, 154. Princeton, Arizona, 151. I mean, we got a bunch of big totals out there. 152, 150.5, uh, Xavier Kansas State. 143, 157, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon. So we have some big totals out there. I'm not telling you to take the unders necessarily. What I'm telling you is that we got some big totals out there and it's something to pay attention to. So while we fill out the brackets and everybody gets bracket crazy, I do urge people, separate your bracket mindset from your overall mindset, your overall sports betting mindset. I may put a team in in the brackets and go, you know what? don't care. I'm going to money line this because the value is there and you have to know the the value is quite different wherever you go. All right guys, let's take a quick time out. What I'm going to do, look, I haven't looked at brackets yet. I'm going to turn this over and I'm going to start looking at the brackets live with you guys. All of the brackets, I'm going to fill my bracket out, giving you little nuggets along the way right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's
1: advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And now, back to wintering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gambler before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3-1 to one odds. You're out. Right. What are the odds?
0: What are the odds? We know that the basketball odds have been moving. So let's take a look at the opening... And then the current line moves in this edition of what are the odds? Well, Houston was 20 to 1 to win it all. They're down to plus 550. Kansas was 12 to 1 to open up the season. They're down to 800. And Alabama was 25 to 1. They are down to 8 to 1 to win it all. That is. What are the odds? Okay, guys, it's about that time. It's time to go through my brackets. Look, everyone's going to fill out a bunch of brackets. Uh, Most people are filling out two or three brackets. They're doing them on any kind of level of intelligence or guessing, whatever you'd say. People go for mascots, colors. Who would win in a fight, right? A tiger or a lion. Uh, People are going to come up with all kinds of schemes. You just got to go with your gut in a lot of these situations, but also... Don't be silly. Look, there is a lot of information out there, and I'm going to give you a lot while I go through my brackets here, a lot of information out there that you can use to your advantage obviously we know the 413 matchups and the 512 matchups we know the situation around them we understand that number ones don't go home <clears throat> virginia right they don't go home on day 1 we understand that the 15 seeds look there is a chance of an upset but chances are 3 of the 4 of them are going and most likely all four you go deeper into the tournament you're not going to have four number ones that's something that is rarely seen and Again, a lot of people are going to have that and have a hard time getting rid of those number ones. You're probably not going to have just ones and twos. It's going to be some outlier. Is it a three? Is it a four? Is it a five? Is it one of those? Where are the upsets going to happen? So a lot of times uh, a sports handicapper in this position kind of gets themselves in a bad situation because you fall in love with the points in a game. Right. And I'll just use Furman, for example. I'm only using Furman because everybody seems to be on them. And it was one of the highest ticket counts and one of the highest bet teams in the first round. Everybody loves Furman plus the five and a half or the six points, whatever you got. And you have a tendency in your bracket to go, okay, I'm going to put Furman along and I'm going to move them along. Well, wait a minute. You know, you might like a plus five or six, but do you like them to beat Virginia? It's the way that you're handling the brackets. Look, what I love in March, and I've said this a couple of times and I'll repeat it again. I love coaching advantages. I love guard play. For me, you know, I could kind of care less. I I really don't get impacted by where they're playing. I I guess as much as I should, you could even say. uh, Where the teams are playing is is not something that is going to sway me as much as the opponents. I like uh, tempo. You know, the way that, that a team gets there matters to me. Conferences have always mattered. I used to talk about the ACC all the time, and I used to say in the ACC... If you go through the gauntlet every single week and you're up against a team that can knock you out every single week... Well, that's a spot that you look at and you go, yeah, I think they're ready for what we are here to bring. And I love the mid-majors. You guys know that. I dedicated an entire show to it, but I'm not going to be putting a lot of mid-majors through, uh, you know, into the Elite Eight just because I like mid-majors. So you have to kind of balance this out. It's a tricky kind of proposition to get there and balance this all out. You are not going to get a perfect bracket, okay? By the way, one of the worst odds in history is to get a perfect bracket, You, you, it's like, Five plus five thousand or something. Let me explain to you the odds. That I'm gonna. I don't even know how to read this. I, I really don't. I really don't know how to read this. So I'm just gonna read the numbers to you. The odds of filling out a perfect bracket are one in nine, comma, two two three, comma three seven two, comma zero three six, comma eight five four, comma seven seven five, comma eight zero oh, eight. Or basically warning about what the national debt is right now so you're not going to fill out a perfect bracket it's okay to take shots where do you want to take shots right where do you want to take that shot is really part of what we're going to have to talk about. You're going to have to take some underdogs, but how far do you take them? Uh, one seeds, we know they usually advance right through the first weekend with generally no problem. Nine seeds against the spread have been great. Uh, against eight seeds in that eight-nine matchup, the underdog really does really well. But nine seeds, are they better than the eight seed? How far do you have them going? So, I'm going to give you just a thought process here. I'm. This is the first time I'm looking at a bracket, and I'm going to give you my exact bracket as I'm filling it out I'll give you a couple of nuggets throughout as to why I like uh, you know a certain team or I don't look Alabama Texas A by the way that's not community college that's Corpus Christi I like this Texas A m team I, I do you know what I mean the Islanders have been a fun team uh most of the the year I've made money on them it, don't overthink this you put Alabama through no problem don't worry about it. I don't think that there's literally anything that could convince me to not do that. West Virginia-Maryland gets interesting in that 8-9 matchup. West Virginia-Maryland, this is a rematch of the 2015 tournament. Huggins won that. I see a lot of people going, hey, you know what? Huggins can do a good job against Alabama in the next round. And I'm going, you sure that it's going to be Huggins in that next round? I'm down on the Big Ten this year uh, overall. I'm really looking at them as, as getting too many bids. But both of these teams have impressed me at a certain time. I think Maryland has the offense to do it. But again, Huggins has the experience. This is a coin flip for me. I mean, an absolute coin flip. As far as a betting perspective, I'm not going anywhere near this game. And I don't think that you should. Maryland, West Virginia, look, the consensus is everyone's putting West Virginia ahead. Everyone's going West Virginia. I hate to be with everyone. I'll do Maryland with no real explanation there. Let's be honest. San Diego State-Charleston. Here we go. We got a 5-12 matchup. People are going to love Charleston. Charleston's one of those teams I screamed and yelled for. Even if they lost a game, it didn't matter. Everybody was going to love Charleston. It didn't matter. They needed to be in. I was backing Charleston. Don't love him in this spot. I know it's a 5-12. It's going to be a very popular pick. Don't love him in this spot. Let me explain why. From a matchup perspective, San Diego State has one of the best three-point shooting defenses in the country. Maybe the best, Right. The public is all over Charleston. We know it. So they're going to be that team that everybody puts through. But if you watch San Diego State, they've prepared for this kind of Charleston attack. They face Utah three times this season. And the Aggies have the same type of attack. Launch threes all day. Well, the Aztecs went 3-0 against the Aggies, right? So they've they've done this. It's that live by the three, die by the three kind of mentality. Like I said, Utah State went 0-3 with that strategy. And even if they won a couple of games, it wouldn't matter because at least you understand what you're getting into. I liken it a little bit to football, you know, college football fans that you see the option. And you go, oh, the option could do anything. Yeah, but not if you see it a little bit, right? So there's that. Pat Kesley, he loves a three ball. They shoot Charleston shoots 47 percent of all their field goals from beyond the arc. It's more than almost every other team in the country. They make 33 percent, but it doesn't matter. They just keep firing and firing and firing. They're also top three in tempo and 40th in offensive rebound. So if they miss a three, they'll kick it back out. Boom, and take another three. I mean, that's what they do, and they get an opportunity to really throw in a lot of threes. The three ball is dangerous. Three ball is dangerous this time of year. But San Diego State's matchup with Charleston is a nightmare for Charleston. Everyone's on Charleston. Give me San Diego State and that defense. Virginia Furman, kind of the same thing. Now, I just mentioned this. Highest ticket count for an underdog right now is on Furman. The most money bet for eight under, an underdog right now is on Furman. The world loves Furman. I like Furman. I have a really hard time not putting them through. I hate to be with the rest of the country, but I just don't buy into Virginia. I don't buy into this team. They don't score enough. The tempo is bad. But let me tell you this. I don't know if there's a better coach in the league, uh, in, in the country than, than Tony Bennett. I really think. I, I Look, I still believe that he's one of the best coaches in the country. I, I, I've always liked him. It's not going to stop because he had a little bit of a lull here. I know that Virginia went out in the first round. We all know one against 16, right? We all know that. I don't think Tony Bennett's ever going out in the first round again. I just don't think so. That's number one. Number two, Furman does go through stretches of cold and dry spells. Virginia can make that three-minute cold and dry spell go eight minutes. That's how good their defense is. I don't expect a lot of scoring here. I expect a lot of, uh, a lot of ugly basketball in a lot of ways. If you're talking about low scoring and ugly basketball, I know the world likes Furman, and you know what? I might take him plus the five and a half, but I think Virginia advances. Creighton, North Carolina State. There's no mystery behind this one here for me, guys. I am down on the ACC this year. I think North Carolina State should have been a bubble team that probably missed the bubble, and I do like Creighton. And you could argue all you want. Look, how is Creighton a six seed when they have 12 losses? Well, why? Because of injuries, and now they're healthy. I think Creighton can go on a huge run here. Look, they're 13th in Ken Kenpom, if that means anything to you. 13th overall in the country. They've lost six games this year when their star center and their best player, by the way, was out with Mono or recovering coming back from it. Creighton's a new team. They have a new season. I think they not only beat NC State, I think they don't have a lot of problems there. UCSB plus the 10.5 is another very popular bet right now. Everybody's kind of loving the Grouchos of Santa Barbara. And Baylor's a team that uh, kind of fell out of favor. At the end of the day, you still have to look at this and say, can Baylor be a Final Four team? I said before the season they could be. I said "Eh, about three weeks ago they could be. And I still think they can be. So while the 10.5 points might be attractive, you put Baylor through and you don't look back. Missouri-Utah State is intriguing. Utah State is a team I did not believe belong to. You. I do a lot of radio in Las Vegas. You guys know that. And I watched this Utah State team develop and I'm not overly impressed. Like I said, they live and die by the three. This is going to be a high scoring game. They're going to run up and down the court. Missouri can score with them all the time. A lot of the metrics like Utah State, a lot of people out there like Utah State that I respect, I'm taking Missouri. Arizona, Princeton. You guys know I believe in the Ivy League show that, that I do, and uh, I talk about nothing but Ivy League basketball all day long. I can tell you this. I'm not sure Princeton is the first, and I'm not sure Princeton was even the second-best team to come out of the Ivy Leagues this year. Look, everybody had Yale put there, but Penn had won eight games in a row before they had to go to Princeton twice, back-to-back weeks. They had to go to Princeton, took them to overtime, and then, in the you know, obviously, in the championship game on Princeton's floor. The only reason Princeton's dancing here is because they got a home game. This isn't a home game. Don't overthink this one. This is not the Ivy League upset. I have Arizona moving on. Let's go to the East. Purdue. Purdue is the fancy team. Everybody goes, you know what? Purdue's going to be the first number one going home. Purdue's going home. It's not going to be in a one sixteen matchup. Sorry, I'm putting Purdue through. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Memphis, Florida Atlantic, here's another one of these, right? Florida Atlantic, 30 wins. Memphis, really, really impressive late. And the last thing we think when we think about Memphis is what they just did to Houston, right? How well they played. Uh, both of these teams, It is a bad draw because both of these teams legitimately could be an Elite Eight team. I mean, I'm going to say it. both of these teams could absolutely be an elite eight team and they get a bad draw here going up against each other. Um, I think whoever wins this game, whoever wins this one, I think goes on and beats Purdue. So do I go with Florida Atlantic? My heart and soul says I want the Owls, right? My heart says Florida Atlantic is the team, but I can't get over what I just watched in Memphis. I can't get over what I saw Memphis do. And what I saw Memphis do was just mighty impressive. I'm torn, and I'm going Memphis. I will go Memphis. I, that was a tough one. So as we continue, um, you know, you you start to talk about John Shire. It's his first tournament. Duke has a favorable—the East is wide open, right? Duke has a favorable field. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going, if Duke can get past Oral Roberts, and I think that, to me, this is the best matchup here. I know the Memphis FAU will get a lot of attention, but this is the best matchup. Because if Duke can get past, can we see them going on a run? Yes, we can. All five of ESPN's main analysts put Duke in the Final Four. All five of them, guys, put Duke in the Final Four. So you can see the strength of Duke. But I look at Oral Roberts and I go, yeah, they made me money a couple of years ago. A lot of these guys are back. They may have the best scorer in the country, best maybe offensive player in the country. They're an older team. Three players returning from that Sweet 16 just two years ago. They also have Vanover. Vanover's seven foot four and a half block shots is a nightmare inside. He stretches the floor. Oh, by the way, he could shoot the three. I know that everybody wants Duke to kind of make a run here and get back to the glory. And Duke has the ability. They certainly do. I'm down on the ACC. I don't believe that John Shire right away is just going to have this kind of crazy success. I'm going with Oral Roberts, and I understand this. I will say this. If Duke does win against Oral Roberts, yeah, I could kind of, I could see them getting into the Elite Eight. I can, but I'm looking at Oral Roberts, and I'm saying, what's stopping you? Maybe I fell in love with them because they made me a ton of money two years ago. I had them in the first round money line and spread, second round money line and spread, third round uh, on the spread. I, I, I cleaned up. Maybe that's a little bit of my heart here. But I do like the metrics that say Oral Roberts. I like a seven foot four guy. That's a nightmare problem, and I like the best offensive player in the country. Tennessee and the Raging Cajuns. By the way, Raging Cajuns—the best best uh, nickname in sports, right? Tennessee against Lafayette. Look, Tennessee has not been the same for a while right now, and I like Tennessee. I got burned on them last year. I was sitting around, I was wearing my Tennessee jersey, and they burned me. Okay, and I'm not going to make any bones about it, you know having a problem with this team, yeah, that that one hurt last year. It really did. I thought that they were better than that. Now, I do think that this team has the ability to be better, but since the injuries, they have not been the same. Raging Cajuns, though, look, 11 and a half. you want to go with them and lean them with 11 and a half? I get it. I think Tennessee is out to make a statement. They absolutely will rally here, and they're going to be able to get past Lafayette. Providence-Kentucky becomes a really interesting game because of what Kentucky is or isn't and we watch Kentucky own Tennessee who I just talked about we also watch Kentucky fall flat on their face at times this year I'm not big on Kentucky this year I just haven't been I don't see it I am big on the Big East I think the Big East is underrated I've heard people argue that the other way Providence is that 11c that could be dangerous Providence is that 11c that all of a sudden you can go where did they come from where did this Providence team come from when you're filling out your brackets You've got to go a little bit anti-establishment, right? You have to think in your head, if you're in a big pool, if you're in a pool, even if if 100 people are workers or whatnot, almost everybody's going to put Kentucky ahead because they know the name Kentucky. And I get it. Look, you're going to be in the minority going with Providence. But I'm going to do it because he give me a leg up. I don't think Kentucky's going far in the tournament. So if I get this game wrong, no problem. But if I get the game right, it gives me one up on my opponents. That's how I'm doing this portion of it. Kansas State, Montana State, a lot of people picking Montana State. I think they're a nice story. I think it's really cute. Um, uh, you know, And that's not a derogatory cute. I think it's cute that, you know what, we're talking about Montana State. That, no, 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 Kansas State's the much better team. I'm putting Kansas State through. Not much uh, debate there. Michigan State, USC, I've gone back and forth about. I don't believe in Tom Izzo. I never have. I've been a detractor of Tom Izzo for a while now. But I get, when you get down to this point, do I want to go with a Pac-12 team that I saw and was not impressed with? Or do I want to go with a Big Ten team that has Tom Izzo? I mean, I'm a detractor of Tom Izzo, but I'm taking Tom Izzo to move on. Marquette, Vermont. Look, here's my Vermont catamounts. I think Vermont can win this game. I also think that Marquette, and I gave this out on you know, my 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 site a while ago at 40 to 1 odds. I think Marquette can go to the final four, guys. 41 odds, I, I grabbed them to win it all. This is a terrible matchup for Vermont as far as uh, you know, my own personal feelings, but Vermont has two scorers that really can frustrate teams. Vermont is one of the best coaches in the country. Do not look overlook John Becker. If you're looking for a 15-2 that nobody else is gonna have. This is your Vermont. You put Vermont forward. You move them on. This is the spot. I like Marquette. I think Marquette could go for a deep, deep, deep run. I really do. I think Marquette can, can clear the field in a lot of ways. I love Vermont. They've made more money for me over my career than any other team in college basketball. But I'm taking Marquette to move on, begrudgingly taking Marquette to move on. I do like those points in Vermont, though. Northern Kentucky, Houston. Uh, look, Houston's offense is just too good. And I, I, I say that when I know full well that Houston's defense is their calling card, but I'm telling you that their offense is that good. Give me Houston to move on. They shouldn't have much of a problem there. I actually do look at that 122, uh, 121 and half, 122, depending on what you're looking at, as as one of the better bets. I think Houston could score 80 in this game. Auburn, Iowa. Anybody really want Iowa? Iowa away has been brutal this year, right? Money's coming hard in Iowa. I guess they don't realize that when you get them out of Iowa, things have gone wrong. Auburn's three-point defense as well is very, very good. It can cause issues. And the home, I said I don't really do a lot of this, but an 8-9 matchup. The home is kind of close to Auburn. Look, I'll take Auburn just because I don't buy into what Iowa is trying to sell. A very popular 5-12 matchup is Drake to upset Miami, and I am with everyone. Look, I like this Drake team. It's an older team. I don't buy into Miami and what they've been doing. Don't buy into the ACC. This is your 12-5 matchup where I'm taking the older team and I'm taking the Drake Bulldogs to move on. Who, oh, by the way, played in a conference with some good competition. Kent State, Indiana. Here's another one, right? Another one, a 4-13 that I've been looking for. I'm looking for that 4-13 matchup, and I'm trying to find. Give me that 4-13 Indiana, Kent State. Yes, the Golden Flashes have the size to go up against a very big Indiana team. A lot of people struggle with that Indiana team. Kent State shouldn't do that. They also played really well against top teams this season. I think uh, carry will carry this team. I'm taking Kent State to move on there. Iowa State, Pittsburgh, I like what Pittsburgh did at the buzzer. That's a fun team. I don't buy into the ACC, but it's a fun team. And usually when an 11th seed wins the first night, they go on and win a second game. I'm taking Pittsburgh to upset Iowa State. So I got my fair share of upsets out here. Xavier, Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State would be a fun story. It really would. But Xavier is that team that you have to look at and say, no, they're just more talented coming from a better conference. And their size, I think, is going to be the difference here. Texas A&M, Penn State. I've been back and forth. I think Penn State can go on a run. But I look at Texas A&M and I go, you know, this is a team that won 17 games in the SEC. They're also a team that's getting penalized because early in the season, they just didn't do so well. But Buzz Williams has a 10-8 and eight career record in this tournament. They've been to the second weekend four times. I'm going to take Texas A&M, who I think is playing their best basketball of the season right now. Colgate. Texas, I talked about best basketball of the season. I think Texas is playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Colgate was an upset special. I was going to jump on Colgate. I like them, their experienced. I like what they do. But they're going up against who might be playing the best basketball in all the country right now in Texas. Kansas Howard, again, Howard's a good story. We're not getting a 116 matchup. Arkansas, Illinois, Throw my hands up all day long. I could give you the breakdown, guys, but this is another coin flip game. I'll give you the breakdown, you know, between these two teams. And I'll I'll make an argument for one side, then I'll make an argument for the other side. And you're going to go, Tom, who are you going with? I don't know. I told you this. Look, I'm looking at this right now. This is real time. I'm saying my initial lean is Arkansas, but I like what I watched with Illinois late in the season. Okay, I lean the SEC as the better conference. Illinois has the best player, though. Arkansas kind of crumbled at the end. Do they have the coaching advantage? Oh, man. I'm going to go the 9-seed strictly because they're the nine seed. St. Mary's VCU, another 5-12 matchup. I think a lot of people look at a VCU. This is not the VCU of old, guys. And this is not the St. Mary's of old. St. Mary's had a legitimate shot to be a top 10 team this year. You had to beat Gonzaga twice. They weren't able to do that. But they're going to get a little revenge here. I am real into the St. Mary's team. UConn-Iona. All right, here we go. Here's a four thirteen. I wanted Iona. When the selection committee was making their decision, I'm going, man, I don't care who Iona's taking. I'm taking Iona. And then they put him up against UConn, and I have a hard time doing. Look, it's Hurley. It's Patino. The St. John's rumors are swirling out there. UConn is ranked fourth overall by Kentbaum. I tend to agree with that. I think... UConn is a fantastic team, and Iona just meets up against a team that they just can't beat. TCU, I'll have moving on in this one. Look, I got one of the 11 seeds moving on, not two. Gonzaga, Grand Canyon, here's another one. I like the points with Grand Canyon, but Gonzaga's been there. No one's talking about them, right? Every year, it's is this the year of Gonzaga? Every year, it's seemingly, is this the year they're going to make the leap? And every year... It's not that team, right? It's not that year. Well, this year, no one's talking about them. They're going to go right through Grand Canyon. Northwestern, Boise State, two good defenses. I don't buy into the Mountain West. Mountain West, by the way, 0-8 in the last eight tournament games. I don't buy into it. I don't think Boise State should even be here in a lot of instances before the conference tournament. I said they weren't here. They had a good conference tournament to get in. Give me Northwestern. UCLA, North Carolina, Asheville, another 215. I'm a little yeah I kind of want to do it Ucla's got the injuries but I think they rally specifically for this round and probably for this weekend they'll rally there so that is round one let's fly through a little bit more as we get into the uh the second round here and then we we'll continue to go on Alabama Maryland not a lot of analysis here I think Alabama is just the better team I think Alabama is um more than likely going to the final four so I don't want to waste your time there. San Diego State Virginia, we could we could have 45-44. <laughs> I mean, it could be one of those games. Um I I know again, I said the three-point defense. I don't think Virginia scores enough. No one's given Virginia any credit. I get that. I am anti-Mountain West. Yeah, I'm going to hear that from everybody. I'm going Virginia to move on again. Yes, I get it. You you, you got him. I know. All you guys got love for him, and I got Virginia moving on. Creighton-Baylor becomes interesting. I'm going to show a little bit of, of how much I like Creighton. Before the year, I told you I liked them in the Final Four. Before the Big East tournament, I told you they are dangerous. They are missing something. I get it, but I got Creighton moving on. Missouri against Arizona. Arizona's too much. And Missouri may not get out of Utah State, and Arizona is going to. Arizona has their difficulties. They have their problems. They have their Achilles heel. We watched that in their loss to UCLA, but they'll be able to get by the first weekend. Purdue, Memphis. I just told you earlier, whoever faces Purdue in the first round, Give me the other team. I'm going Memphis. If it's Florida Atlantic, I'll go Florida Atlantic getting the Sweet 16. Tennessee, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts moving on. Yeah, and this could be Duke. Every time I say Oral Roberts, understand, it could be Duke. It is not that I don't necessarily love Tennessee. I don't. I get it. They have limitations. But I really like Oral Roberts. I really like Duke. Just wish those two weren't playing each other. Providence, K-State. Hey, put Providence through. That's enough for you. Kansas State's moving on. And a dangerous team. Kansas State can make some real noise here. Marquette, Michigan State. I'll put Marquette moving on, although I want it to be Vermont. Houston, Auburn. Houston's got enough. I don't buy into Houston long-term, and you'll see that here. But they have enough to get on here. Two... Big-time underdogs. I got Drake and Kent State, a 12 against a 13 here. And I'm taking, ah, man, you know, after Drake beats Miami, you're going to see people load up on Drake. And Kent State beating Indiana is just not going to seem as good, even though it should. But I'm taking Drake to move on here. Pittsburgh Xavier. I'm putting Xavier through another big East favoritism for me, apparently. Texas. Texas a and I think Texas, like I said, might be playing the best basketball in the entire land right now. So I'm taking Texas. Same thing with Kansas. They are the number one seed for a reason. They'll get through Illinois, or maybe that's Arkansas. I have Illinois. We're going to put Kansas through. UConn-St. Mary's, I just told you, UConn is a devastating team. I like St. Mary's. It's a bad draw for them. UConn matches up really well. And if there is another team that was playing really good during the, at the end of the season, besides just Texas, UConn is that other team. Gonzaga, TCU, no one's talking about Gonzaga. Well, they're going to be moving on, and people are going to start paying attention to them. And then Northwestern, UCLA. I'm going with the UCLA. One more game I think that they could get by their injuries. Now we go to the Sweet 16, guys. Getting down to the nitty-gritty for next weekend. Alabama, Virginia. Look, Virginia, I keep pushing them through. I think they have a tough win against Furman. I think they have a tough win against San Diego State. Not going to be able to have a tough win against Alabama. Alabama is moving on to the quarterfinals here. Creighton, Arizona. I think Creighton can do it. I do. I kind of want to put Arizona here. Arizona has a lot of size issues. And you look at Creighton, a lot of people are going to go, Tom, Creighton. I got, B- you know, Baylor beating them. I-, I don't even have Creighton beating North Carolina State. Yeah, I get it. I'm going to Creighton. I believe in them. I believe in the Big East. I'm g- taking them. Eh, probably a little upset there. Memphis, Oral Roberts. Well, here's where the Oral Roberts train stops. I like Oral Roberts. I do. I, I-, I really do. Look, I- I'm telling you, I-, I can see them getting here. I can. I can see the getting here, but you want to say Memphis is the better team. Here's the thing, though. If Oral Roberts does play Florida Atlantic, I think Oral Roberts can win that game, okay? I do. So, what do I do? I'm filling out my brackets. Well, I'm going to go against everybody else. Everyone's going to have Memphis or Florida Atlantic. They're going to have a moving on, maybe a Purdue. I'm going Oral Roberts moving on. Oh, I'm just I'm just going crazy. This is a nutto bracket, but you know what? I like it. And it could make me money. Marquette, Kansas State. I told you Marquette going to the Final Four. In my mind, I think they could get there. Yeah, here we go. Houston, Drake. End of the road for Drake. Good tournament. You're going up against Houston. Just too much. Xavier, Texas. I'll repeat with Texas. I think they are playing ecstatically. You can kind of see where this is going. Kansas, UConn, which could be the best game of the tournament. One of the best games that we've ever seen. I think these are two elite, elite, elite programs. I'm going UConn to upset Kansas. I did not like what I saw in Kansas, not only by losing to Texas in the regular season finale, but also going into the tournament. I didn't like what I saw on them. I think that they were exposed. I think there's tape on them. I think Utah, UConn exploits that. Gonzaga, UCLA, like I said, UCLA, too many injuries to, for me to continue to push them out. I'm going Gonzaga. So Gonzaga, who's no one's talking about, guys. No one's talking about them. I have them in the Elite Eight. Alabama Creighton, the end of the road for my Creighton love. Alabama's going to the Final Four. No big shock. Okay, let's put him forward. Here we go. Oral Roberts, Marquette. I got to get off the Oral Roberts train eventually, right? Unless I'm just going to do it so I can be one of those clickbait guys and say, hey, I said Oral Roberts in the Final Four. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to play this straight. I'm going to Marquette. A two seed there going to the final four. Houston, Texas. Here's where Houston's run ends. I don't fully love Houston this year, and I really love what I watched in Texas and what I've seen them play in the last week. I mean, they they are on fire. And then UConn, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, it's been a nice run. I think I had a lot more faith in you than a lot of people are going to out there, but I'm going with UConn. So my final four here, Alabama against Marquette, Texas against UConn. Yeah, my Big East favoritism. I told you it was going to start popping its head. I didn't even go to the Big East or anything. I don't know. Everyone told me I had an ACC favoritism for years. Alabama Marquette. Look, I think Marquette can win this thing. I, I do. I think Marquette can can go all the way. I think Marquette can win the championship. I think Marquette is that kind of team. Yeah, you know, look at Texas and UConn. Same thing. Give me UConn. Give me Texas. Any one of these four can win the championship, and I would go. Yeah, that's about right. I might fill out four brackets and have each one of these. That that's that's where I'm looking at this. My worry with Marquette, his act. There are times where their coach just, I don't know. You know, you can't say he's a bad coach at, at, at all. There's just times that he he leaves me lacking something. And although we're all rooting against Alabama, there is that feel of Alabama against the world. There is that feel of that camaraderie. And, and that, well, you know what? They might have the best player in college basketball. I'll take Alabama begrudgingly to go to the championship game. I really want Marquette here. I really want to go with Marquette here. But I'll take Alabama begrudgingly. Texas-UConn. Look, I like what UConn's doing. I do. I'm a big UConn guy right now. I have, uh, my initial thought process was I'm taking UConn to win the championship. That was my thought process. But I cannot get over the way that Texas has played basketball. The way that Texas is playing is just absolutely on fire. I'm going to take Texas. So we have a championship of Alabama, Texas. I'm not going Alabama. Look, it's my bracket. I could tell you that I think Alabama's the best team in the country and Texas is playing the best. Yeah, I could tell you that. I'm going with the Texas Longhorns simply because I will not be rooting for this Alabama team. And I want to go for something that I'm rooting for. I mean, that's just reality, right? So I'm going with the Texas Longhorns. Woo! That was surprised even me. Look, if I were to came out okay, with Marquette or, U- or UConn, I would say, yeah, that made sense. I kind of think UConn might be the team. I- I'm still going to battle that back and forth. Uh, But I will say this. Whoever wins that Texas-UConn game, I'm going to have going to the championship. I wanted to do this live. Now, this gives me time. I I have some time here. I have days uh, ahead where I could switch this up. The final four teams for me are not going to change. Those are the final four teams. Who wins it won't be Alabama. The other three are interchangeable. I'm going to go. I'm going to look at some video. I'm going to do some things. But I think there are going to be people that go off the cuff and, and kind of go crazy here. I have... Not all four favorites. I only have one number one. I have a lot of the favorites falling early. I have a lot of chaos early in my bracket. But as you can see, getting into Elite Eight, getting into Final Four, even into the Sweet 16, things start to calm down. That's how I deal with my brackets. Do I think Marquette can win this championship? Absolutely. Do I think Alabama can? Sure, but I won't root for them. Do I think that Texas can win the championship? I just told you I did. Do I think that UConn can? Yeah, I think UConn can as well. So I have four legitimate teams that can win the championship I'll be uh, going back and forth. This bracket, I just did my first bracket. I came out with Texas. We'll see if that lasts. But I came out with Texas. Uh, I would love to know what you guys came out with. All right. Uh, I got to catch my breath. Take a minute. I am pumped up for this bracket season. Hope you guys are as well. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet
1: Bet to the the future. Okay,
0: guys, let's go bet to the future. I know you've been waiting for it. I have the championship odds. This is live right now over at Caesars. Um, Houston six to one, Alabama seven to one, Kansas is eight to one, Purdue is ten to one, Arizona twelve to one, UCLA is twelve to one, UConn's fifty to one. Gonzaga also 15 to 1 as well as Texas. Marquette jumps up to 20 to 1, 22 to 1 is Duke, Baylor 25 to 1, Tennessee is 30 to 1, TCU 40 to 1, Miami and Creighton are 40 to 1 as well as Indiana and Kentucky. Xavier's 50 to 1 along with Virginia, Texas A&M, St. Mary's, Kansas State, Iowa State 60 to 1, Arkansas 60 to 1, San Diego State goes up to 70 to 1, same thing with Memphis, Maryland 75 to 1, 100 to 1 West Virginia, Auburn, Illinois and Iowa is at +125. That is bet to the future. And Guys, that's what I'm going to address here as we are kind of ready to head out. Uh, get ready for this tournament, man. I am really, really pumped up. You know, every year, I seem to have that team that either I favor or I really think is going to win. I, I could go a number of ways. I really can. I'm looking at the odds board here. And it's very different than filling out a bracket, like I explained early on. Very, very different than filling out a bracket, right? Uh, the odds board, I'm looking for value. This is what I'm looking for. And the Illinois, no, uh, no, 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 no. Not going to any of the crazy big ones. I know people, well, you know what, 50, to one. No, 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 no. Uh, there's not even one that I sort of like in that area. I mean, maybe Creighton at 40 to one. Um, I've just been burned on them quite a bit here. I, I, I'm i not gonna, I'm not even gonna advocate Creighton at 41. I, could I do it? You know, can I have a couple of cocktails and go? You know, he has a hundred bucks on a, on a Creighton forty to one sure, but I might as well just take that hundred dollars and go throw it on a roulette table. I, I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. You start to get interesting with Baylor at twenty five to one. I think people are going to start looking at that, but no, not for me. Marquette at twenty to one is probably the team for me. That at twenty to one, I'll take that chance. At twenty to one, I could take that chance. Texas at fifteen to one, well, I have them winning. Right. So Texas at 15 to one makes sense. UConn at 15 to one, kind of like that. Don't like UCLA or Arizona's odds. I don't like Purdue at all. And then you get into the big boys. Look, Houston at six to one, Alabama seven to one, or or even eight to one, you know, Kansas eight to one, 10 to one, whatever they might be. They're all under 10 to one. I I don't, I just don't see the value there to jump on it right now. You want to talk me into a 15 to one Texas, uh, 20 to one Marquette? All right. I'm listening. Maybe we could get maybe we could get down with that, but the big boys and the, the favorites here, there's just no value even now, even now, because you you know what you can do with the big teams really, their value is not going to change much after this weekend. So if you really wanted to dive back in, and I'll just give you Kansas for example, right? Eight to one right now. Kansas goes out there, no matter what they do. Uh, look, they're not, unless they lose, but they're not going to lose. Um, if they if they go out there and they win, which they're going to go out there and win, right? They're going to go out there and win the game. You, you think their odds are going to massively drop from six to one to like two to one? No. So you can wait, watch, watch some of these other teams go. You know what? Ah, now I'm going to go back in. I just don't love these top three teams because the odds are just not enough for me. If you're going to take a long shot in a field of sixty-eight, that's going to take. You know, a month worth of your capital to, to be behind and, and hold up your money. It got to give me more than than 8 or 9 to 1. I, you just have to. So I start to get into the Yukon at 15, 15 to 1. I can start to get into the Texas at 15 to 1 because I like them going to the Final Four. I could start to get into that. 20 to 1, Marquette, that's attractive to me. Because I want to be able to hedge. I want to be able to say, I want to have enough capital with me that once I get into that fun zone, right, once I get into that range where I go, ooh, yes, here we go, I get into that range, that I can start to hedge, whether that be Elite Eight or Final Four for you or whatever it might be. You got to have a hedging zone, and that's my hedging zone. All right, guys, enjoy the first round of the tournament. We'll be back next weekend to break out who moved on. It should be exciting. It should be awesome. I hope you have a great setup for where you're going to watch it. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that.
1: This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call
0: 1-855-4GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at SportsGarten. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarten.com.